is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, January 4th, 2021, Season 16, Episode number 91. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're presented by Geico. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and we're talking Cowboys football. Cowboys lose their final game of the season to the New York Giants, 23-19, to a game that they needed in order to keep themselves alive until Sunday night. Uh, we're going to talk about all the things that happened in that game and why uh, Dallas ended up losing. Before we do, though, we got to talk a little bit about why it didn't matter at the end of the day, because as of last night, they would have needed the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Washington football team. That did not happen. And it did not happen for a bit of a, I don't know if it was a strange reason, but it certainly was a reason that I didn't really buy much. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Let's start first, I guess, real quick before we get into the Cowboys game with what happened last night. Um, and what Philadelphia did. Obviously, into the fourth quarter, they had Jalen Hurts starting. There were a lot of their players that were out. Most of them, I assume, had legitimate injuries either coming from the previous game or games before that. Uh, But they had Jalen Hurts playing. They get into the fourth quarter. It is a ball game. It's less than one score, and they decide to pull Hurts. Did you have a problem with that just as an NFL fan and and as a Cowboys observer? Nick? Honestly, I didn't see the first half of the game. I got in about about halftime. By the time I, I didn't really know what, all what was going on, but I definitely heard. And then I, um, yeah, I had a problem with that. I mean, I a problem with with how. I mean, we always say it just in life. You know, we we use the joke about coaches. You coach your team, I'll coach my team. Okay. Yeah. And here it is. I mean, here he's coaching his team, and he's doing it this way. But um, you know, you're trying to get a better draft pick. That's what it is, and and then you know you got an assistant coach saying, "Well, this is a no hat game. We're not having hats." Well, that's BS. You, you're the, you're passing it out, you yeah. know. So, you know, just I think you said it. Just don't don't insult our intelligence here, here by saying it's one thing when it's not. I mean, you were trying to lose. You wanted a better draft pick. It is what it is. Yep, Dave. I know you got a different opinion on this. What's your thoughts? I do, and I'm I'm comfortable in the knowledge that you know maybe I'm a bad person or a petty sports fan, but uh, hating your rivals is just as fun of a part of sports as loving your team, in my opinion. And um, I'm not going to go as far as to say I applaud what Philly did, but I I don't I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you know they they had nothing to gain by winning that game, and it seemed to me that they wanted to make as many of their rivals miserable as possible. So, you know, they pissed off the Giants and gave the uh, and gave Washington the division. Got a better draft pick out of it. Probably not the coolest thing in the world, but uh, I, I respect the pettiness of it all. It's what division rivalries are all about. And I promise you, I would feel the same way if they had done it to the Cowboys. Um, sorry. I just, it is what it is. And, um... You know, don't, first of all, don't put your fate in the hands of another team, and definitely don't put your fate in the hands of a team that hates your guts. And I think the Giants uh, learned that last night. Yeah, that's all true, and I agree with a lot of that. What I will say though is, I think it's I think it's bush league to say something different than what you're doing. If you're gonna be petty, say you're gonna be petty. Like that's a part of the whole thing. Like if you want to do this and say. 
hey, we, we're going to do this because the NFC East shouldn't be trying to win their championships off of us. Then okay, say that. Say I'm not going to give you. I'm not going to hand you anything, New York Giants. Or if the Cowboys would have won, I'm not going to hand you anything, Dallas Cowboys. I'm okay with that if you're willing to say it. But don't then come to the press conference and and say no. We were really trying to win. We just decided at the end of the game that we were going to pull the guy that had scored both the scores that we had, and we're going to put in a guy who has not played all season uh, to play quarterback and somehow win this game for us. Like that to me is is where I think it was bush league. And I think if you're going to be petty, be petty. And and own your pettiness, right? I mean, I would have I would have applauded it if Doug Peterson had gone to the podium and been like, "Yeah, what are you going to do about it?" Right. But you know, he didn't. It's yeah. I mean, I I, I don't disagree oh. with you, but I just I'm not going to lose. Something. I'm not going to lose sleep Maybe. about it. Well, that, that's also the interesting thing. I wonder if 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 the commissioner would have or still might do something about might. all this uh, if he thinks that that's, that it's not in the good spirit of the game. Yeah, I mean that, that's how you save yourself. You say what you what he said, and, and he pisses you off and all that, but you say that so you don't get fined. Yeah. Because if you come out, Mark Cuban, yeah. and, and admit that, then he's then he's getting fined. It's embarrassment to the NFL. They're the ones that said, "Hey, we're going to put this game on there. This will be a good game." <laughs> right. Yeah, and then all, all of a sudden, in the middle of the fourth quarter, Al. Michaels is yelling at his producer, like, is it Sudfeld or yeah. Sudfeld? I don't know. Who is this guy? You know. And oh, and Chris Collinsworth went in on yeah, it, too. Like, they all. And that, that was a part of kind of the whole thing. Jeff, someday. I will say this. Yeah, I, and and I mean, I, everything y'all saying is valid. It's, it's not a good look for the league. It's not really a good look for the Eagles, even though I don't care. Um, <laughs> just a- but just the the nature of the league and the way that this is all designed, I I just I have a hard time getting too worked up about it because fo- it, it's so hard to wind up in these situations. Actually, a lot of people have pointed out this happened five years ago. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were fighting for the number one overall pick the year they draft. They wound up drafting Jameis Winston. They were up twenty to seven on the Saints in a meaningless Week Seventeen game. And they pulled like they pulled Mike Evans. They pulled like three or four of their best players, and they gave up a 13-point lead in the second half to make sure they could draft number one. Nobody remembers that because this almost never has a chance to happen. It's an unfortunate set of circumstances where the league didn't have a great game to choose from in Week 17, which very rarely happens. And I, I just don't think this is a trend because it's. It's hard to tank in the NFL because there's too much parity and single games mean too much. Uh, so I think it's a one-off. I bet we won't have to talk about something like this for another five or six years. Yeah, I will say this. I, I don't. I'm not really worked up about it because at the end of the day, it wasn't the Cowboys. Cowboys are at already. They were already out of it. Uh, I will tell you this though. If that game would have been different, Cowboys versus Giants, I think I would have been a little bit more worked up by it because obviously that was what you were looking at. And you saw the Giants players, they were reacting to it on mm-hmm. social media because, again, they saw it as their opportunity. And the Eagles were in the game. And they just basically decided in the fourth quarter, <laughs> we don't choose to win this game. And uh, and I think that's the part that rubs people wrong. Now, let's jump into the storylines of the Cowboys game. The Cowboys lose 23-19. Amber, first... You be up first to tell me what, what what's the big storyline that you take from this game. Obviously, the season's over, but was there a big storyline that you take from this game? Well, the season is over, and but this is when the real work starts. I mean, there's a lot of work to, to do right now, and there should be no days off. No one deserves a vacation. They should get right into work. <laughs> or, actually, let me be a little bit nicer. Take a couple of days to let the... 
the horrible season really sink in and reflect on yourself and the bad things that you did or didn't do uh, this year. But in reality, there's just so much work. Honestly, since the time I started working here, I've never felt like there's so much to be done in an off season as I feel right now. And the problem is that there is not an easy an easy fix. There's not like, oh, we're just missing this piece. And I know there's a lot of hope um, when it comes to Dak Prescott signing him and then getting some of these guys that were hurt in the O-line back healthy and all that. But, I, but we have to to keep reality and be aware like there's there's just so much more than just getting some of these guys back into the field healthy there's just a lot of things to work on and fix so it's gonna be um yeah it's gonna be a busy busy off season and i hope they're able to hopefully figure it out this year so that we can finally have a, a, a actually make a run for it all right nick uh, I thought you know the offensive line just got their ass kicked, and and it was that's really where the game you know was lost. Every time they tried to do anything, they took a step back in the game. They got sacked at the end of the game. They couldn't. I mean, they just the line just couldn't block, and that's you know it was just the strength. And and that's when we see teams when they when you face a team that that is their strength. Like Washington, they they couldn't even stay on the field with Washington. And then the Giants, you know, they they not this time around because the, you know they didn't have Zach Martin as they did the first meeting. It was just it was ugly, and everybody was getting killed. And I look at those five guys and I think I don't know if any of these five should be the, a starter next year. So that's that's you know I don't agree with everything Amber says about how much work is to be done. I think this team's a lot closer to competing than you know than people think. Um, but that offensive line is not close, and and that's got to get fixed. Whether it be bringing the guys back and then getting better investment on when that things happen, you got to have better resources than what they had. Dave, I mean I think. I think Nick is absolutely right. It's It all stems from the offensive line. But because of that, it just kind of goes back to a theme from the season of, like, they didn't have an identity yesterday at all. And they haven't had one for most of the season. Um, and mainly because of the Giants' front, Andy Dalton didn't have time to throw. When he did have time to throw, he held on to the ball too long. None of your three great receivers had more than 50 yards receiving. Michael Gallup has another bad day after arguably his best day. So the passing game's not working for a variety of reasons. Zeke Elliott averaged three yards per carry. And, like, you know, this wasn't like a, a situation where they had to throw their way back into the game. They pulled it within four points midway through the third quarter. And the running game still really wasn't part of what they were trying to do, probably because they couldn't get anywhere doing it. You know, they averaged just over four yards per carry. The, I mean, no, just at four yards per carry. The long run of the day was probably Andy's fourth down keeper, <laughs> which was awesome, but that's not a sign that you're winning in the on the line of scrimmage. Right. Um, so they, I mean, they just they couldn't do anything. They're like they didn't have anything they could lean on. They didn't have anything they felt confident about, and that kind of describes the whole year. Yeah, I think it was a to me it was a microcosm of the season, and I think I agree with you, Nick. The biggest problem this team had all season, and I heard your radio call this morning. I was thinking the exact same thing. I've thought it for several weeks now. 
it was not the loss of Dak Prescott. It was a loss of your two tackles. Mm-hmm. I think that offensive line exactly. has held. Later. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It has held this team back significantly because they just couldn't do the things that that go to Dave's point that gave them their identity. Like what they were expecting to be able to be this year offensively, that all got killed when their offensive line when they started the season with basically with three guys that were starters last year not being uh, there for most of the season, and then you lost the fourth. And and so. I agree with you. I don't think that I don't think there's a single guy on that offensive line by the end of this season that I necessarily think is a great option to start next year. Um, I think you know I, I do think Connor Williams has been a little bit better this year than I expected him to be, and a little bit better maybe than he was last year. I still don't know if it's good enough. Maybe it's good enough if you have all those other guys in place. Um, but all that being said, I think this is just a microcosm of what's happened this season. This offensive line has not been good enough, and yesterday Dallas could not stop. They could not stop the New York Giants defensive front. They were just too good, uh, and they were overpowering. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into some of the details of the game, some of the moments that mattered in this game and where the game turned. Uh, We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join DallasCowboys.com. Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. You can... Join now on DallasCowboys.com slash United. That's Dallas Cowboys United. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Geico. We're talking about the Cowboys' loss to the New York Giants to finish the season. They lose 23-19. to uh, Let's get into some of the moments that matter, some of the finer details of this game. Nick, let's start with you. What was your moment that mattered in this game? Well, 
I'm not saying I, I actually disagree with the call, but I think it definitely mattered in, in hindsight that, you know, you get late in the game like that and you're expecting to score a little bit more. It's 20-9. to 9, They score a touchdown. They decide to kick the extra point at the time. I was fine with it. I'm fine with it now. It's 20-16. to 16. Uh, you, you know, you, you're, you're rolling. You're, feel, you're feeling better about things and how you're moving the ball and you expect it, you know, to not to try to chase points. And as it turns out, you only got one more field goal and it's, you know, it's 20-19 to 19 and you know, and then it's 23-19, and you had a, a, a shot at late in the game. Uh, you, sh- you could have been kicking a field goal had you gone for two. I mean, I think that moment turned out to matter. Um, again, I don't disagree with the call, but, you know, if you would have told me you're only going to score three more points and they're only going to get three more points, then, yeah, you, you definitely do it. Yeah. So uh, the, that that proved to matter, uh, but that's just the style that McCarthy he didn't want to, you know, try to chase a point if, it, if he didn't get it. One of the, one of the things – Go ahead, Amber. I was just going to say, like, I, I don't have a problem with that, like, during the game or whatever, but what I have a problem with is the logic behind it. If you if we go back, I already forgot what game that was earlier in the year where we had, like, why did McCarthy yeah. try to go for it? And then he explained, he's like, well, I'd rather know earlier on in the game. So it's like, okay, if that's your your logic behind it all, then then why not – continue with that kind of same reasoning and do that now like that that's my problem it's like okay what what are you really trying to do or like what's really your strategy behind it don't tell me you want to you'd rather find out earlier on and then in a game like this you don't go for that and i and i get that every game is different and all that but at the same time i i i guess that's just the the part that actually bothers me that we heard that logic before and then now we don't get to see it and then it's like this is an important game so why and so i don't know but you know, there's a lot of at the different... end of the day if you don't you don't know well huh? that game i think was the falcons game and there's five minutes to go and in this case there's 20 minutes right. or 20 uh 25 minutes to go in the game so there's a lot more time but see the but, way they were playing. Yeah, they, I mean, the I, way they were playing. I don't disagree, not really. Many, like a lot of confidence. Well, just just know this: like, if if you don't get it, you're down by uh, five. Okay, they score a touchdown, and and that it comes down to your confidence in the defense. If the Giants go and score a touchdown, then you are definitely down by two scores. You're down by or two touchdowns. You're down by twelve. If if you keep it at four and you somehow give up a touchdown. It's eleven. You're still, you know, you're still kind of in it. You're you're still, you know. So that's that's kind of why it's like too early to be chasing points. Just kick and see what happens. As it turned out, yeah, he should have done it. You know, but I don't know if next year he's going to change his his strategy on that. I don't know. Yeah, Dave. Dave, I'll ask you. Do you think it's it was kind of um, interesting that all season the I think a consistent storyline has been how aggressive this coach has been in his play call. I mean, in, in all the things that they do, special teams, when they decide to go for it, like they've been really aggressive, I think, way more aggressive than we've been used to seeing. But in this game, in this moment, he decides to opt for just taking the extra point. Does that stand out to you as, as something? And did you agree with the call? Um, I think it kind of goes back to the whole, like, not having an identity thing, because I would agree with you, like, overall they've been aggressive, but I don't know if there's consistency to it. Like, I think AG makes a pretty good point that, like, it can swing wildly from one game to the next, where it's like, well, you know, the numbers say we needed to go for two, and then the next week it's we don't want to chase points. Like, it doesn't seem like there is a 
just and in like a, a strict philosophy that guides these decisions and you know that they're going to be consistent from week to week. Me personally, I really didn't have a problem with it. I, I think it's the epitome of Monday morning quarterbacking, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, if you miss if you miss that try and all the Giants get is a field goal, now you're down eight. And now you're in a situation where probably in the fourth quarter, you're going to have to score a touchdown and go for two just to tie it because of a decision that you made. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't like to second-guess those types of calls unless they're just, like, egregious. So I, I will say it's it's weird that Mike McCarthy's not more consistent with his philosophy, in my opinion, but I didn't hate that decision you know, very much at all. And, and I agree with what you guys are saying of the inconsistency, but that's why I think that analytics can be useful, but you can't lean on it. There's holes in analytics because because you can't – there's just not a a – steady rule of this is how we do things. This is not Montel Jordan. You can't just say, this is how we do it all the time. Because when you've got situations like this, well, this is how you do it when you have Tyron Smith and, and you have Zach Martin and you're on the two-yard line and you feel like you can run it in. You have Dak and a good runner and all that. But two yards to this offensive line against that team, it seems like 20. So it, it's different. There's not just a chart for that that has asterisks and says, well, what if your center sucks? Oh, yeah, it says here, don't don't go for two if your center sucks. I mean, I'm not saying Joe Looney. I'm just saying yeah. in general. So analytics sounds good, but you have to take it case by case. And that's why I think there's inconsistencies. And I'm not sure, Dave, you might know more about this because you get into the analytics world a little bit more than I do. But I don't even know if the analytics chart said that they should have gone forward in that situation. I just think there are a lot of people who feel like, hey, you could have drawn within three and at the end of the game, three might have yeah. mattered, right? But Amber's point is right. If you're going to sit up here and say, "I need all the time I know to need what I, you know," I want to know what I need to do. Well, then go for there two. You go. Then. Yeah. And you know that you need a touchdown for sure. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's go on, uh, Amber. Let's get your uh, your moment that mattered. To me, I mean, there were many things that led to this point, but it was that Dalton interception towards the end of the game. The the Giants they were. 23-19, it was a third and goal. I mean, it was like a minute and 20 seconds left or something like that in the game. And yes, he got, he felt the pressure, but if you go back and look at the game uh, and that play specifically, there was no need for him to just throw that ball towards the end zone just like that, so careless. And, and it's one of those things that you still had another chance where you could have made something happen, just throw it away to the side or just hold on to the ball. And, and, but there was absolutely no need for a quarterback that is a veteran guy, that has the experience many, many years, that knows the game, that understands and is aware. And yes, he was having a horrible game yesterday, but you just, you can't, at that point, you cannot be making those kinds of decisions and mistakes. That was absolutely um, rookie mentality in my mind. And it should not have happened. And that obviously led to the Cowboys just completely losing that game when they actually had a, uh, their final chance. That was their final chance to get some some points on there. And they didn't because of that decision. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, – I think you pointed out something really interesting there, Amber, because if you look at it, you, you immediately want to think – Brandon Knight was the problem, which he was. He did. He could not block Williams, and he couldn't block Williams all day. That was a problem for him. But you're right. Like a veteran quarterback should have known in that situation. Hey, live to fight another day here. Get rid of the ball. Get the ball out. 
throw it to the sideline, do something, there's an opportunity here to, to at least get another play rather than just chunk up a prayer into the end zone. I know what he was doing. Dalton Schultz was back there. He kind of fluttered it out. So I don't know if, it, if the ball didn't have enough on it. And, and that was, you know, I don't know what happened there. But you're right. That, that, that was probably just as much his fault as it was Brian Knight's fault. Dave, give us your, uh, your moment that mattered. I don't know this for sure, and you know, I, I didn't get to talk to Andy because I was on the other telephone line with the other players when he talked. But for a veteran quarterback to make a decision like that in that situation almost makes me think he thought it was fourth, fourth down, down, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I like it was the end of the game. That was I his last play. Up, yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't come up with a reason why a veteran quarterback would throw that ball otherwise. Uh, and and that's, that, that whole sequence, to me, it's all about that. And, I, you know, we can, talk about the, we can talk about the challenge controversy, the Dante Pettis catch. I'm sure we will. But, like, for me, it was their best drive of the day, 17 plays, four minutes. It's their longest drive of the day in terms of plays and time. You know, you got the Andy keeper on fourth down. You do all this great stuff to get in uh, position to win the game. 153 to play. Giants have one timeout left. You're on the seven-yard line. And, like, that just might be the worst three-play sequence mm-hmm. I've seen in a long time. Like, And, you know, you can blame Terrence Steele and Brandon Knight. Andy Dalton gets sacked on first down. Why on earth are you empty? Yeah, that's, why, that's why are you not even – why are you not even going to give the impression that Zeke might touch the ball on, you know, again, it's first down giants have one timeout. So like, not only are you in position to score, but you have a chance to force them to burn timeouts and burn clock. Like if you do your job very well, you can take the lead and give the ball back to the giants with one minute to play and no timeouts. It's a very good situation to be in. You go empty. So nobody's even buying that you're going to run the ball with your $90 million running back. You get sacked because your offensive line has been getting its ass whipped all day. But but let's clear, let, real you know, quick, real quick, Dave. That didn't, they didn't even get whipped on that play. They literally just decided we're not going to touch. Well, no, I know. Like he just ran no, right by him and nobody a, touched yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. It was a protection breakdown. Yeah. I get that, and I, I mean that maybe the play works if that doesn't happen. But again, like why are you empty? Why don't you even want somebody to think that you might run the ball? Um. And then, you know, CD with just probably his worst drop of the season, given the circumstances. And then we already talked about what happened on third down. I mean, it was just a total meltdown. If they even, you know, if they even just charge into the line twice and don't gain yards, you're still burning a timeout. You're still burning clock. And then you got two plays to make it happen. Uh, I'm not saying it would have, but like just what a. What a colossal failure, and it it cost him the game, obviously. Let me ask you guys this question, and I know this may sound like an overreaction, so feel free to say it is an overreaction, Uh, but are you at all concerned about moments when CeeDee Lamb has had drops this season? Because this isn't the first time when he's had opportunities and and just couldn't make the catch, couldn't bring it down, and and in some instances they weren't tough catches. He just seemed almost like he just kind of had a lapse in concentration. Are you at all concerned about that, Nick? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you expect things. You expect rookies to make, you know, to have some inconsistent moments. And so he had some. Um, this is not a cold weather team. I mean, <laughs> at, at all. I don't know if they're a warm weather team either. Like, they're just well, not that good. I mean, we that's, we know they're not that good this no, year. No, but, but good. They, they seem to make more plays. The passing game really struggles. Yeah. And so, 
it goes back to that first Washington game. You need to be able to be a tough, grinded out, we're better than you, tougher than you team. And doesn't matter what the, what the weather's like. You could run the football and do all those things. And they, they, they obviously can't do that, not, not in this shape. But, I mean, I think it's a little – a little concerning. That drop was the. I agree with Davis. The worst one. Yeah. You know, I'm, I don't call a, a dropped hail mary really a, a problem. The, the Washington game was in the end zone. That was a big mm-hmm. play. But but this one, yeah. I mean, we're we're talking five yard line maybe. Yeah. I mean, he might be able to break a tackle and get in. You right? would expect he he was, he was he's going to make it interesting. He was definitely going to make it interesting. Yeah. He'd be down there close enough to where you could actually maybe decide to run it on second down. Who knows? He's a really, down. really good wide receiver. He, he had a really good year. Had one of the best years ever as a rookie in Cowboys history. He's a good player. Uh, if it wasn't for this unbelievable draft class, you know, we would be talking about him a little bit higher. The receivers this year were really, really good, and he's one of them. Yeah. Amber, you at all concerned? No, not really. I mean, mainly because he has given us a lot of great moments. And uh, to me, those outweigh these bad drops. Obviously, things that need to be addressed and he needs to work on. But again, just like Nick mentioned, you got to remember he's still a rookie. And those are things that, you know, even though it seemed like he should have caught that, it, it can happen. It can happen to veteran guys as well. So. I like to believe that he's going to get a lot better next year and become a lot better. And based on the things we've seen from him, he has definitely has the, the cap- capability and the ability to get there. So I'm not really worried right now. Dave. 74 catches for 935 yards. Uh, you know, the, the catch in Minnesota, the touchdown catch, many times has gone over the middle and made great catches while getting blasted. No, I mean he he has he's had some mental lapses. I mean, and I'm not just completely writing it off. This has happened across four or five games. He's got some improving to do, but no, I mean I'm I'm thrilled about CD's upside. And he's again, I've never, I still have not met him. I don't know when I will, but from the outside, he strikes me. Yeah, for sure. Well, he's he strikes me as the type of guy that's going to internalize this and and use it as fuel to get better in the offseason. Like, he just seems like that type of guy. I yeah. agree with that. He is. He is that type of guy. I've, I've met him a few times, you know. It, this stuff matters to him. Yeah. But this talking about him being a rookie, he's not a rookie anymore. After the game, PR staff comes over. He's like, hey, you know, you want to go over and talk to Nick? He's like, nah, I'm good. I'll catch you later, man. I, I'm good. I'll catch you later on in the season. He's I'm no like, longer oh, a that's rookie. not a rookie anymore. Yeah, all yeah. that coming in saying yes, nope. sir, yeah. no, sir, like that, right. that's gone. He's, he's, he's hanging out with Tank. He is a vet now. <laughs> <laughs> he like, turned out an interview. Which D-Law did the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, I'll get you later. I don't later. think many guys necessarily wanted to talk after that. I wouldn't think. It was, oh. <laughs> some did. Yellow coat. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to get to that. There was one guy I know that did talk, and actually we got a quote we want to talk about from him. But before we do that, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we got to talk about Mike McCarthy and the one coaching decision that a lot of people are pointing to as the most important moment of that game. And it was a decision he decided not to to actually look at. We'll do that. Talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. 
which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Let's see. Hold on. Playoff tickets, pro shops. Oh, sorry. We, we got a few reads here. Some what-if reads. Th- these aren't it. Uh, how about just find <laughs> out? what didn't work out. Yeah, yeah this, is, this one doesn't apply. Uh, find out why this year's Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team is the most competitive yet. Don't miss the new episode of Season 15 every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Central on CMT. That is DCC making the team. Now, that's consistency. 15 years in a row. There we go. All right. Final segment of the break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, we're presented by Geico. Um, there was one other moment that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Yesterday, late in the game, Cowboys are uh, down one point. It's 2019 in the fourth quarter. Uh, New York had driven from their 20 and gotten all the way to the Dallas 32. Donovan Wilson gets a sack that moves them back uh, to the Dallas 42. So they got him out of field goal range. Then on third and 16 at the Dallas 42, uh, they complete a pass to Pettis for 10 yards that gets them back to the Dallas 32 and into field goal range. There was a question, though. Was that a catch or was it not a catch? Regardless of how you feel about whether it was a catch, and I want to hear from you guys on whether you think it was a catch, do you think it was the right decision by Mike McCarthy not to at least challenge it and force the referees to take a second look? Let's start first with you, Amber. Okay, putting aside the, the NFL's in, inconsistency in what's what, what's defined a catch and all this that has been talked about for years, putting that aside and looking at the play, I guess I'm not as upset as many people are as far as uh, the decision because after watching the result of it, in my eyes, it was a catch. And to me, therefore, I'm not as upset as to Mike McCarthy not challenging that play or not. But if you want to look at it, you get, what, two challenges a game? Yep. Uh, so why not do it? I mean, in a game that's as important, if there is a, a slight, slight uncertainty with something like that, just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead. I mean, this is you got to give it your all in this game because that's it. That's all you have. So if you're looking at it that way, I would have said, yeah, go ahead and throw it. And I know... I know it's easier said than done because we watch it from afar and when you're down there I'm sure it's a lot harder for you to really see exactly what happened or have a better clue but 
even before the replay, I thought it was a catch in my eyes. So I can see why Mike McCarthy made the decision as to not uh, throw the, the flag and challenge it. Dave. Having had almost 24 hours to think about it, I will, I will say they had all three of their timeouts. Yeah, sure. Take a look at it if you want to. Like, But I'm not going to kill Mike McCarthy for it, and I, I pissed everybody off yesterday because it was a catch. I think it was – I don't even – I don't see what the Fuhrer is about. Pettis had both of his hands underneath it. Part of the ball hit the ground but did not move at all. Like, it, it looked firmly secured. And it was ruled a catch on the field, which we all know, and don't bring up the Dez thing because they've changed the rules significantly since then. If it's ruled a catch on the field, you got to see crazy evidence to the contrary to overturn it. So the odds that that would have happened, in my opinion, are very slim. And then the irony is that it didn't work out this way. But this happened with six and a half minutes to play in the game, a game that featured 11 punts like nobody was sustaining drives in this game at all. So it stands to reason the Cowboys might have had to give the Giants the ball back before they could have an opportunity to win the game in these circumstances. And you want as many timeouts as possible if that's the case. So with all of that in mind. I don't blame Mike McCarthy for not doing it, and that upsets some people, and I don't care because I think it was a catch. Nick? Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I think he probably he should have challenged. You know, you're down. He keeps him out of field goal range. You should challenge. You're, all, you're also down, and, you know, six minutes to go is too early to be calling timeouts, but – I mean, if you call timeout, I mean, if you if you burn the challenge and you don't get it, and you, at least you, you know, you're also stopping the clock. I mean, you are down, and you're about to be down, you know, even more. So you might you might as well. I mean, I just think that you you should have. I I, I don't like killing him for it because again, I agree. I don't know if it would have been over, overturned, but it's all hindsight. You know, the, you know, it's just like that's what's so tough about coaching. I don't think they should have gone for two, but now it's like, well, they probably should have. Yeah, he probably should have challenged it. You know, just w- based yeah, off the of, of, of yeah. what you know. Yeah. But but you know what happens if the Cowboys actually stop them? You know, let's say that they they after the interception they don't give up a long run. They stop them. They use all three of their timeouts. They get the ball back. They do. You know, we would come back and go, man, if you would have challenged that and lost the timeout, the game would have been over. So it's. It's just the way it, you know, that's what armchair quarterbacks do. Yeah, you know, one of the interesting things is I think, I know for a fact that Aikman and Buck were saying that they thought it was not a catch. And I want to say, and I don't know this for a fact, Dave and Amber, you guys were there with me. Do you recall whether they had their ex, their former referee expert come on and did he say the same yes. thing? Because Pereira, yeah. Pereira came on and said that he thought it wasn't a catch. Right, and that's the reason why. I think they should have at least challenged it. Because if you have another person who is well aware of the rules, understands what referees are looking for when they're making calls, if he has doubt and he says, hey, I don't think this is a catch, then that tells me there's at least a good chance that the guy who would be under the hood reviewing it might come to the same conclusion. And at that point in the game, with everything you got at risk there, either giving three points or giving no points, I think it was worth a shot, and that's where I think it's probably a it's probably a better idea for for him. And I I'm I think you kind of use your your challenges. I think the coach it's part of the reason why I don't like the challenge system. 
challenges in the NFL and getting it right have become a part of strategy. It shouldn't be a part of strategy. It should be about just getting it right. But if it's going to be strategy, and I think then the coaches have to think about it from a tr- strategic standpoint. If you're in a situation where overturning the call can make a huge impact in the game and there's at least a small, even a small chance that you can get something out of it that's huge, it's worth the risk is worth the reward in that opinion, in my opinion there. And so that's where I, I think in that instance, I think Mike McCarthy made the wrong decision. Now, there's a lot of questions about how he came to it. Was he able to see it in stadium? Who knows? Was were the people that were in the press box who would normally give him that information, were they able to see it? What was their assessment? Like there's a lot of questions that we really don't know. But all things being considered, based on what we know right now, I think he made a, a, a ill-informed decision. I think he should have at least tested it and, and made them rule that, that what they called on the field was correct. We don't know what was in his ear. And, right. I mean, the NFL teams, you know, in the stadium, you don't have to show a replay right then. You do when they get in the hood, right. but not right then. And you I can mean, take your time for yeah, showing it. Yeah, and you, yeah. <laughs> if it was our, if it was on our, oh, yeah. our, our guy, they're not going to see it until the, they right. force you to see it. Yeah. But if it was the other way around, well, he'll see it sixteen times. Yeah. You know, slow mo. That's what they do. And that, but, but I, I don't put it on McCarthy. I put it on whoever was in his ear. Yeah, you know, and, and you, but you know, it, this this is so freaking annoying because. The NFL, they need to come out with like a very instructional video where they show every possible catch and say, catch, no catch. Because there's no reason why there should be such a debate where you have some people right now saying, oh, that wasn't a catch. Some people that say that it was a catch. When you got some footage that clearly shows what happened there, because we know that there are some plays that you can hardly see where the ball landed and there's some confusion there. But when you look at the footage, there's clear, it's very clear as to what happened. So my, my problem is, why is there such a confusion when what you're able to see is so clear? Why is there people just debating on whether or not it was a catch? Well, that's the thing. You know? I don't so know that... To me... Go ahead, Amber. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't know that it was clear. I think it was clear for us to see. I don't know if it was clear in what happened. What I mean by that is, like Dave said... He thought he had his hands on the ball, and when the ball hit the ground, it didn't move at all. When I saw it, I thought the ball did move a little bit. I don't think he lost control of it. Well, and, and so that's the part where it becomes gray. Even though we all see it and we all see the exact same thing, I think the interpretation of it can be very gray at well, times. Well, take it out then. I mean, the NFL should take it out. I mean, the ball hits the ground. It, it's, it's, it's incomplete. incomplete. Yeah. Make it, I mean, that's unfair because I agree. But that would make it real clear. It yeah. would make it clear. If the ball hits the ground, it's an incomplete pass. So tell right. your quarterback to throw it up. Right, or tell your guy that he's got to keep it from hitting it, the ground. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be one way. I, I that's don't know. how you wind up. That's how you wind up not having a Dez catch it at the goal line. Just if you're okay with that. Yeah. Well, like, he did catch it. Literally, I mean, that's well. I mean, but everybody like, agrees they have, that that was the wrong call. It was. It was the wrong call. I mean, but see, in that that issue goes back to a play earlier in the game that that. I don't even know if that was a catch. I mean, I don't even know if it was a drop pass as much as it was a it was a fumble. Yeah. Because you know we've the Des thing, he caught it, he turned it, he 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 moved it to the left hand, he cupped it, he dove, he extended. I mean, catching the ball was so yesterday's news for Des. He was already thinking, moving on, and that's what was unfortunate. Same yeah. with this the, the touchdown that the Giants guy had. Yeah. I mean, he caught it. He was di- it was diving. He was down. It was very similar to the Des thing, but yeah. they got it right because they got it wrong six years ago. 
Do you guys think that that would have? I, I obviously, Dave and Amber, I think you guys agree that that the the right call was made. Nick, did you think that was the right call? Uh, yeah. You thought it was a catch. I do. I, at the time, I didn't even know we were even. I, yeah. I didn't. I tell you this. I didn't bother to turn around and I had to go and find a new replay. I didn't even bother to look for that. I was. It looked like a catch to me the whole time. I was a little surprised afterwards. Like, oh, did he not? So I don't know if it would have been overturned, but you know, if Amari but, Cooper makes that catch, everybody's like, yeah, he caught that. Like, <laughs> cowboy fans yeah. are only mad about this because it was a Giants player that caught it. Yeah, which is how it goes most of the time, right? You give if if it's your team, yeah. you give a little bit more deference. Yeah. If it's not your team, you're like, yeah, that ball moved, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that happens. Well, that definitely so, happens. So what happens is is then let's say it's incomplete, they punt it to the eight nine yard line. Now you just need a field goal, you know, and you have mm-hmm. a kicker that's really kicking Unless the ball well. Unless you went well. for two the last time. Unless you had gone for Unless two, two, right? Well, <laughs> then you could be winning. Well, but then the, uh, don't forget, Giants missed an extra point right. too. So I mean, it all kind of shakes out here. Um, which at the end of the day is, is kind of the point of all of this. Like we're making a lot of these little small moments, but at the end of the day, it, but you just weren't good enough. Like it, you just weren't good enough to win the game. Okay, this is about the time we're supposed to end the show. If the Cowboys had won the game, this would have been the time we would have been starting to talk about the game because oh, we no were, you you would have gone all anti Philly for the first twenty minutes. Or and so. you know how I feel about Philly anyway. Right, just the city, but the whole don't, thing. Don't forget this. If Philly, if the Cowboys had won, Jalen Hurts wouldn't have probably played at all. I mean, like Which I would have been more okay or, with, or they would have they would have pulled the plug on this thing way before. Like we're not, you know, dude. I, I actually would have been okay if they dude. went into this game and said, "Hey, we're gonna start Sudfeld. We're just gonna sit Jalen. We don't think he's. Like, we don't want to play him. We're just gonna we're gonna give Sudfeld all the reps this week. We're gonna get him ready to play, and we're gonna go out and give our best effort." I would have been more okay with that. Then playing Jalen Hurts up until the fourth quarter, and you're in the game, and then saying, "Nah, we're gonna go ahead and start put somebody else in." Like that just—that's the part that yeah, I Doug think Peterson is just not good for the game. Has never met Herm Edwards ever. They <laughs> ever. don't even—they don't even know who each other are. <laughs> Yesterday was such an insane range of emotions because when you wake up, you're like, "All right, Cowboys got to win, got to root for Washington to lose, got to make the playoffs. Let's go, Cowboys lose. That sucks." I guess we actually want Washington to win because that helps our draft stock. Right. And then by the end of by the end of the night, you're like, "Oh, thank God the Cowboys lost because right. it would be a nightmare <laughs> if we were faced with this situation had an Eagles win gotten the Cowboys into the playoffs." Like, thank honestly, I don't know if I could handle that news cycle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would have been rough. So I, I would. All, I mean, and not a, an unfortunate day, but I guess it worked out. And where do the okay. where do the Cowboys pick if they if they would have won? Uh, well, the Giants are picking one spot behind them, right? So pick eleven. Giants yeah. are eleven. Yeah. So we pick ten. Well, so if if Washington had lost, I think they would pick ten, and the Cowboys would pick eleven. Yeah, and the Giants would have jumped up to nineteen. Yeah. Got it. Oh. I don't know. It was. It. I think it all ended as it should because I know I would have broken my TV if, <laughs> if that would have happened after the Cowboys won. I would have had some feelings about that. But anyway, it worked out, and we move on to the off season. And Dave gets to talk with us about about the draft for the next four months. All right. So we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back. Actually, we're starting our off season schedule, so we're going to be on Wednesdays. The Cowboys break will be on every Wednesday at uh, 11:30 a.m. Central Time. So make sure you check us out this Wednesday and every Wednesday after this. Uh, Check out 
the website for a full schedule of all the shows. We'll have a show every day. One of our podcasts will go every day. Uh, again, the break will be on on Wednesdays. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?